father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 157 with Dr. Kurt Miller. Dr. Kurt Miller is currently in his 19th year in education and has served the Henry County School District for all 19 years. After graduating from Georgia Southern University with a bachelor's in health and physical education in 2001, he began teaching at Henry County Middle School. He continued his education while teaching attending the University of Alabama for his master's in 2002 and Lincoln Memorial University for his EDS in 2004. In 2004, he helped open Dutchtown High School as HPE teacher and boys basketball coach. In 2007, he took over as athletic director and head boys basketball coach at Ola High School. And it was during that time he completed his EDD in 2000. In 2015, he took a position at the district office as a teacher on special assignment for HPE. During his tenure as athletic director at Ola High School, he won Region AD of the Year in 2009, 2011, and 2013. In 2016, he was hired as the district athletics and HPE coordinator. While serving HCS, Dr. Miller has served as a Georgia High School Association executive committee member for almost 10 years, board of trustee member for two, and currently serves as chairman of the reclassification committee. Dr. Miller is also very active in the Georgia Athletic Directors Association and is on the board of directors and is the vice president. Along with his work with GADA, Dr. Miller has presented taught classes and worked on committees at the national level for the National Interscholastic Athletic Administration Association, where he also attained his certified Master Athletic Administrator designation. In 2018, he received the State Award of Merit from the GADA, and in 2019, he received the Frank Kovaleski Professional Development Award for his work with the Aspiring Athletic Administrator Cohort. He began in the Henry County School District. In October of 2019, he was selected as the State Athletic Director of the Year by the Georgia Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance Association. He was also awarded the NFHS 
Citation Award in 2020 for the GADA. Dr. Miller is a proud of assisting in the addition of swimming, lacrosse, gymnastics, and girls flag football in his district. The work <clears throat> the school level ADs in Henry County Schools have done to improve the quality athletics in Henry County and the aspiring athletic administrator cohort he began to train future athletic directors in HCS. This year, he also began a head coaching cohort for those aspiring to be head coaches one day. Prior to becoming an educator, Dr. Miller was a graduate of Henry County High School in 1996. He then attended Reinhardt College on scholarship and played basketball for two years before transferring to Georgia Southern University. That is where he met his wife, who played volleyball for the Eagles. Dr. Miller and his wife, Kristen, have two daughters, Olivia, 13, and Ava, 10, and are extremely excited to be moving to Oconee County and becoming warriors. Uh, Dr. Miller is just starting his, his time over at Oconee County. He's going to be the assistant principal and athletic director uh, for the county. And I'm so excited to be talking with him and kind of find out uh, what are his goals um, for his program. Uh, we're very close to him out here in um, the Lake Oconee area. So I'm so excited that uh, he got this opportunity. He's going to be in a uh, great district. And he's got some uh, really just a good quality program out there. So we're really excited for him and his family. So he's going to share with us on what his plans are for the upcoming year. So let's welcome Dr. Kurt Miller. Hello. Hello. Dr. Miller, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How's it going over there after the move? <laughs> Got boxes everywhere. We uh, we're trying to make it happen, but uh, it's uh, it's a little overwhelming. We didn't realize that we have as much stuff as we do. Yeah, that's the amazing thing about moving. You find all sorts of stuff. How much? Well, I know in my case, I got a lot of junk. So, I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes you find out a lot about yourself, right? <laughs> first, the first uh, week of the quarantine, uh, we cleaned out our attic, which was a little. <laughs> In itself but i'm glad we did that then um but uh but yeah it's it's been fun i've been learned how to i'm pretty much mastered driving a u-haul truck so <laughs> for sure yes i've done a, i've done quite a bit of moving that you know it's part of the you know the coaching profession i guess sometimes but um i i love uh, welcome to the podcast uh kurt man i'm so excited uh i just want to get your perspective i know i think about a year and a half ago i spoke to your dad and uh talk about a treat talking to your dad he's full of great stories he is. Uh, it's funny, like every, you know, whenever we're over there eating or, you know, they're at our house hanging out or whatever, something will trigger his mind and he'll remember a story. And it's either one I've heard or there's very few that I haven't. But every now and then he'll dig one out of the bag and, and tell us a story I haven't heard. But, uh, yeah, they're all good ones. Yeah, for sure. Hey, tell me a little bit about uh, I always ask, um, you know, all the coaches and people that are uh, on my podcast, like, how did you get involved? You you grew up in a sports family, so I know sports was a big part of it. And how did that kind of lead you? Because not everybody who grows up in a sports family becomes a coach and athletic director. But how did that lead you? You you must have had a lot of positives growing up in sports. I did. It was, um, you know, you grow up as a coach's son or even a teacher's son. And, uh, you know, on teacher work days, you're at the you're at the gym with the the other coach's children and you know, you're playing baseball in the gym or, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, you're just always around the high school athletes, you're around all the other coaches. And 
and I just thought it was always cool when my dad was going around to uh, the Atlanta tip-off club meetings and, you know, we'd either meet at Morrow High School or up at Dunwoody or wherever we were, South Gwinnett or wherever we'd meet. And I was little, I'd go in their gym and play basketball and every now and then some of their players would be there. So I'd get to know some of those and, and uh, you know, I just, uh, there was never really a question as to what I wanted to do uh, when I, you know, when I grew up and, and it was time for me to get a job. I, I definitely wanted to be a basketball coach and then, the love for the AD piece came when I was at Ola and uh, you know, I, I, I'd always loved basketball, but it was just something about the, the athletic leadership piece that I just, it, I really just took to. And uh, you know, it just became a situation where I just, I actually loved that more than coaching basketball. And, and uh, so that's kind of where I've, I've gotten the uh, AD piece. And all, once again, you know, dad was an AD forever. And uh, I was able to call him when I became an AD. I was, you know, my, my mind was going a million miles an hour trying to catch up and, you know, learn how to do stuff, but those phone calls to him and just saying, Hey, just, just relax. You know, this is how you do this. This is how this is happens. And, you know, also hearing and seeing those things as I was growing up made, made that transition a little bit easier for me. Yeah. And that's always important that it, for you just being around it, I think sometimes as coaches, you know, the, you know, I think if you're around like other great coaches, I'm not sure if we do enough of that, I just don't think we do that. I think you absorb a lot. You absorbed a lot growing up. It sounds like I did. Uh, you know, I, I I tried to absorb as much as I could. I didn't really absorb as much <laughs> AD piece growing up uh, more than I did the basketball piece. Um, you know, I just I remember Steve Hale, who was the basketball coach at McIntosh. Him and Dad would meet at a Waffle House, and man, they would draw X's and O's with the salt pe- the salt shaker, the pepper shaker, <laughs> the ketchup, the hot sauce, the mustard. I mean, they would draw things up and then, you know, then there would be napkins and pens out. I mean, it's just, you, know, sure. you, you didn't have email, you didn't have the mm-hmm. internet and all that back then. And, and, uh, you know, just them sitting around Rusty mm-hmm. Hudson, Mark Andrews, you know, Tony Watkins and all those guys, it was just, you know, I, I grew up under those guys and watching them coach and Ferris Qualls, who was at Griffin, he was the girls coach at Henry. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just always idolized high school basketball coaches as I grew up. Yeah, and I, th- I mentioned uh, talking to your dad about this, and I told I told you, Dad, I said, hey, there's been a lot of great coaches in Georgia. I'm not sure – great basketball coaches. I don't think Georgia gets enough credit for the really the basketball IQ of a lot of our coaches we had in the past. I, You know, I would agree. It's um, – you know, I, I saw something the other day on Twitter that was talking about the best high school player in, in the history of Georgia. And, you know – I just think about all the great players we've had. I mean, you know, you can't sell that argument. I know the last dance has got the, you know, who's the goat and uh, (laughs) always going to be MJ, but you know, you got got so many good players that's come through, but then you think about all the, the coaches, you know, Willie Boston, they talk about Dontonio Wingfield down at, uh, down at Westover and coach Boston used to bring his team to my dad's basketball camp. And, uh, right. Oh, I mean, I remember watching them in the Albany civic center. Uh, when he walked in, I asked my dad, I said, who is that guy? And he said, that's, that's uh, Antonio Wingfield. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, he just proceeded to dominate the game. And, uh, you know, it's just all the coaches that have won state championships, even the ones that haven't, you know, that have just done a great job at their school. And, and they didn't try to move around and win a championship. They were just happy where they were, developing a program. And, uh, you know, it's just – there's just a lot. Like Steve Sweat up at Dawson County, this retired sure. here. Steve has had a tremendous career. And Steve used to bring his players to my dad's camp. And uh, that's how I got to know him. And, that's how I got to know a lot of these coaches was meeting them at my, at my, at my parents' uh, superstar basketball camp. Yes, and, uh, of course, um, uh, my fiancé, uh, uh, Nikki Haney, uh, uh, actually Nikki Sabelski, um, 
she talks a lot about Chuck. It's, oh, I went to all his camps. You know, he talks about great stories. She played for Georgia College back in the day. And she, I, she always remembers your dad as far as in the going to those camps every year and so forth. So um, he's, he's, he's got a big name in the state. But also Atlanta is not the only place for basketball, uh, right, Kurt? I mean, there's Albany, there's Macon back in the day. I mean, there's so many great areas of Georgia. People think Atlanta is where the talent is. I, I disagree. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. The, the state as a whole is just tremendous at basketball. You know, Atlanta is obviously the most populated area of the state. So, yeah, they're going to have per capita probably the, the, you know, the larger group of better players. But, you know, we, when I was at Ola, we were able to play at Southwest Macon and walking in that gym and seeing the banner. You know, oh, man. They for sure. you know, that was the, the, my kids were like, why is it we playing in this old gym? But I'm sitting there soaking in all the history, you know, and, uh, you know, just just appreciating all that. You know, Savannah, you know, Johnson of Savannah's put out to the Adam Smashers. They put out some players and uh, Albany speaks for itself. I remember Melvin Drake, sure. uh, Melvin Drake and D'Antonio and those guys, uh, they battled it out for Daugherty and Albany, uh, you know, in Westover back in the day. And and uh, <laughs> I mean, you just got so grip Darren Hancock at Griffin. I mean. That's they, right. You know, who rock, who rock, D rock, D rock. And, and they would just fill that gym up. And it was just unbelievable to be in those atmospheres. And, uh, you know, my idol growing up was Jeff Shepard. And, uh, you know, my dad taking me over there one day and I was an eighth grader and I got to go meet him and then follow him through his career. And he became the uh, final four MVP when Kentucky won it under Tubby Smith. And, you know, it's, For just, sure. it's just all those things that, uh, but you're right, man, there, there are great players all over the state and, uh, you know, and then that's just so encouraging. And, it, and it's not just in basketball. It's in every sport. I mean, we're we're becoming the, the hotbed of recruiting for every single sport uh, when it comes to D1 or, or any level as, as far as that goes. Yeah, I totally agree. And, of course, I we're in a single-A county. I'm over here at Lake Oconee, and we play with, you know, Hancock Central. And talk about a great boys program that I think is underrated. Talk about a tradition over there in such a small county unbelievable program and of course they produce you know I mean, obviously you know they produce some great players there but uh there's some lot of small programs in georgia that have great athletes there are and uh you know i speaking of hancock central when we opened up dutchtown in 04 uh, i was on the football staff and we played there and uh you know just the, the the one thing that's awesome about the the smaller single a schools in rural georgia is that the entire community county for sure they go out and, you know, that, that night I wasn't in making the night that, uh, you know, they all played, but I heard it was the most populated that gym had been the whole time. And, uh, you know, that's special for those communities. Um, you know, it, it is. And, and sometimes they don't get to do that a lot. And so when they do, it just means it, it's just that much more special to them. And, and, uh, it's just really good to see that. Yeah, it was packed this year when they were they won the finals and so forth. It was packed. Of course, we you know they're in our region, so we were we were rooting for them as well. They have good people over there. Hey, talk about uh, the mentors along the way. And I know you have your dad and so forth, who I'm sure was a great mentor. But talk about some people who kind of impact you along this way. Right. Yeah, my parents. Obviously, I, I definitely without them, I mean, I wouldn't be anywhere I need to be. You know, dad. Dad's got great ideas, and sometimes he and I don't do the best job of uh, getting our point across. So that's where mom came in and, and calmed that's right. him down a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's it's really just – I mentioned all the basketball coaches. I mentioned some names earlier. And, uh, you know, all those all those coaches I'd, I'd call when I first started coaching, uh, Henry Middle, and, uh, you know, try to meet with them and, and uh, you know, do all those things. And, and 
So that was really it. It was just it was just the coaches that that uh, that I just you know I, I love to be around. And, and at summer camps with my dad, especially when we were at Middle Georgia, I would like pal around with with a team and just uh, you know just watch what that coach does, watch how they play. I remember one year uh, our team couldn't go to the second boys' week at Atlanta up at Woodward, and uh, so I played with Lovett, and Danny Singleton was the coach. And uh, yeah, you know, sure. and, you know, we yeah, I got to play with them and, and learn some of what they do and. And, uh, you know, it's just I got a different perspective. And I think Tony Watkins Jr. over at Holy Innocence, he he and I kind of got that same perspective because he was at those camps with me, too. And, uh, you know, we always talk about the Chuck Miller Superstar days. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's just real neat to think about that, you know, and then thinking forward of the coaches now, I mean, you think of all the technology and all the different things that that are available to the coaches. And and, uh, you know, when I when I gave up basketball and solely focused on on uh, being an athletic director, my dad had given me all his books and videos and all these things. And, you know, most of those videos, actually every one of those videos was uh, VHS. And so, uh, you know, I'd watch Jesse McMillan over at Norcross. Uh, and we had him speak at the GACA conference one time. And, and I was like, man, I wonder if Jesse would want these videos. And so I uh, drove up <laughs> Norcross and he digitized all of them and uh, actually ended up giving him some books a couple of weeks ago that we found. And, and uh, it's just watching the coaches that, that are just gurus that just, soak up all that energy you know basketball energy and, and want to try to be the best they can and you know gene durden i think we've all gone up watch breakfast club and all that i remember when we in 04 when we i got named at dutchtown i went up to uh north or to dade county when he was still up there with randy and uh, ashley house was there we went up and spent the night and uh you know i was able to watch that so I, I think it's just you know building that network and that's something i've always tried to do is is just have a as big a network as i can with coaches and athletic directors and and learn as much as I can from them. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, Gene, uh, every year I, I host a clinic out here. Uh, it's it's going to be my fit. Hopefully I can host it this year, but I'm not sure if we will be. But uh, Gene, Danny Singleton came um, and spoke at our clinic. Talk about an inspiring man. right? There. I mean, he gets you fired up. He's got a lot of passion. And, of course, Gene, Gene's just Gene. Man. He does it his way, and it's um, and he loves to share and help out coaches are there enough coaches out there that are really trying to be mentors and, and helping each other out? Because, you know, there's a lot of bright minds out there. Yeah. You know, I, I would hope so. Um, I was always somebody that I, obviously, you know, I didn't have an illustrious coaching career, but anything I was doing, if somebody wanted it, man, I didn't mind sharing it. Cause at the end of the day, they may know what you're doing, but they're going to have to stop it. <laughs> and, and so I, right. I just think so many people are caught up and, and they may be in situations at their school to where they got to win or they're going to lose their job. But, you know, as coaches, we all, you know, they all need to be on the same team and help each other. And, and, and it's not necessarily always the X's and those piece. You know, as an athletic director, I'm starting to find out, and I found out a long time ago, that the administrative side of being a head coach is more important than your X's and O's because that's going to be the part that's going to cost you at the end. And, uh, you know, as long as you're an administrative great head coach, you can be an average X and O's coach and, and you'll be fine. Cause that means you've got your character development built in your program. Your parents, know, your parents know the expectations, your players know their expectations. And then it, once you've got all that taken care of, they're going to listen to you with the X's and O's. And, and I think, and I firmly believe that. And, and I think that's when you have a program, you're not waiting on a special class to come through and say, Hey, we might win it in three years. You know, it's every single year there's development and there's all those things. And administratively you've got things headed in the right direction. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely going to pick your brain on that because um, I haven't had a lot of I have a 
actually some athletic directors, but mostly coaches on my podcast. So I want to find out from you, because I think it takes a special person to be an athletic director to try to motivate and inspire and lead other coaches. I know you got a tough job, Kurt, so I, I, I admire you for that. Um, what about now during this pandemic? Uh, you are now starting at Oconee. Obviously, you, you probably haven't made contact probably physically with your other coaches. Uh, so what are you doing right now during this pandemic to kind of get things going in the right way? So we're, we're uh, you know, we're preparing to hear some things that are coming out from the GHSA. And so I'm still with Henry right now through the end of June. Um, okay. I've had some phone calls and all that with Oconee. But, um, you know, Mr. Yancey is he's transitioning to the principal's role, but he's still the AD uh, there right now. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to figure out what's the best way to 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 target some of these things these that are about to be rolled out and we, and we won't know what those are until we meet today. But, um, you know, it's so far, it's just been exercising patience and making sure everybody understands, Hey, we're all in this. Like we all are having to deal with this. Nobody's getting a leg up. You know, you can do your zoom stuff. You can send them workouts to do at home. And, you know, I encourage you to do that, but you know, just, let's just be patient and let's just see where this thing takes us and let's trust our leadership and, and go from there. Yeah, patience is the key during this uh, during this time period. And uh, what do you foresee? Um, do you foresee it all? A because a lot of people have contacted me through the podcast saying, "Hey, you know, when are we starting?" So forth. And of course, I have no clue. Um, but I don't think anybody else really has a good idea right now. It's kind of it's kind of still up in the air, right, Kurt? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I would expect to see something in June. Uh, you know, I think we'll get back at it at some in some form, if it's either conditioning or whatever. I, I think we'll see some of that in June uh, and then, you know, transition into, you know, some more things probably in July. But like I said, I, you know, as of right now, I have not seen anything uh, from the state office. So uh, we'll probably know more, a whole lot more in 24 hours. So we got a board of trustees oh. meeting today that I'll be on at three and uh, we'll we'll know a lot more after that, I'm sure. Well, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, I think a lot of coaches will be glad to know that. And, and people know that there's going to be some decisions being decided fairly soon, I'm sure. Um, but what do you recommend for your coaches? I know you're going into a new program now and so forth. Um, I know I have our girls on a program right now. We do a lot of um, uh, they send me videos of their workouts and we have kind of an organized program. What do you recommend for your coaches would do in this type of situation? I would do what you're doing. You know, I would, I would have them, uh, you know, I would try to have a workout for them to do at home. And, you know, mm -hmm. not all kids are going to have a basketball goal. Some kids may not have a basketball, um, you know, but I, I would try to find a way to get them a basketball. And then I would just have, I would just be sending them all kinds of, uh, you know, different, different levels of, of ball handling drills and just different things that they can work on. And, you know, a jump rope, people make fun of them, but I'm going to tell you something that was, I did a road starting <laughs> in sixth grade. My dad would give me the keys. He would drop me off at Henry County High School. He would go to Hardee's and get our breakfast, and I would be in there doing the jump rope, running steps, doing the dot drill. Um, I some strength sure. shoes, which they didn't work at all. Um, but uh, but then <laughs> I would shoot. The last thing I would do would shoot. But I knew that if I didn't, you know, I'm, I wasn't the fastest person and never will claim to be, and I couldn't jump the highest. But I was able to guard some people just because I had quick feet and – I could get to like the angles and all that on defense, but without that jump rope or the dot drill, I couldn't have done any of that stuff. And, and I think those are the things right now people don't want to put in that hard work. Some of the players don't want to put in the work. 
um, you know, to make that happen. Cause it's not easy. I mean, if you want to go and I played at Reinhardt for two years when it was a junior college and, you know, it took everything I had to get that offer. And, uh, so, you know, I, I think that that, those are some things that need to be, you know, those, those, those kids need to be doing at home and which they can, uh, there, there's no reason they can't do that kind of stuff at the house and, and, you know, the coaches keep tabs on them. Oh, I totally agree. And I think, um, I hate to say this. I know, I don't know if it's just the generation, but I know, I know when we were growing up, going outside and playing outside and practicing on your own in the front yard and so forth, e- even if you didn't have a basket, that was just part of the culture of growing up. So we did not have open gyms and things like that. Um, kids have to be in an organized setting today, Kurt. And I teach our players that, man, you have to do it on your own. So, but you have to help them and provide them, you know, an organized workout for them to do on their own. I think that's key to success. Yeah, I, I would agree that, you know, I wish that this generation would get out and, you know, do be more self-motivated to do some of those things. And, and, uh, you know, it's just like with our girls, you know, we, we try to get out there and do some stuff and, and, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not going to be that dad that's, that's just forcing it down their throat, you know, cause I want them to play their, their whole high school career. And I don't, I don't want to turn them off or burn them out from it. And, uh, you know, they're slowly <laughs> starting to, to, you know, they're self-direct on the, you know, the sports they like, and, uh, you know, they're not going to have a choice. They're going to play something. <laughs> we're, just, we're just not going to tell them what they got to play. We want them to figure that out. Right. There, there are so many benefits to playing team sports. And, uh, you know, my wife, my wife played volleyball down at Georgia Southern division one. And, and I was able to play at Reinhardt and, uh, no doubt there's no discussion on who's the better athlete. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll just leave it with her. Um, I don't want to get in trouble, but, <laughs> But, no, That's uh, right. But seeing the girls and, and us understanding the benefits of team sports and we want them, you know, we want them to understand those too. And, and then the leadership piece of that, you know, my, our oldest Olivia had a chance in basketball this year for Ola middle to, to be a leader. And it was pretty fun watching her. Sometimes the coach would call timeout and just kind of test Olivia to see where she was. She goes, what do you think? And Olivia would start saying something. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And uh, you know, it's just pretty cool to watch your own kids, you know, start to do stuff like that. Yeah, and and particularly for girls, I, I know I've I've been all, I've always coached girls and so forth. I think a lot of the skills that you that they learn in team sports will definitely carry over, right, Kurt, to to their lives. Uh, and to me, that should be high on a coach's priority list. Is that is that what you're trying to, you know, probably teach your your coaches coming in, probably in the cohort that you're you have organized and. Are you trying to teach them that, hey, man, you got to teach them more than the game, right? You got to teach them other right. values. And, you know, that was the thing that when we had the coaching cohort this year, we didn't talk about X's and O's not one time. Like that was not – the focus of that was not X's and O's. The focus of that was <clears throat> being great administrative head coaches. And then I brought in a speaker every – you know, every time we met, I brought somebody in to speak to them. Uh, if it was, you know, I think the first one was the Ola, Ola High School football coach, Jared Zito. He is a, a tremendous uh, administrative head football coach. I mean, everything – and he, I mean, and he's a great X's and O's coach, but administratively he has his booster club set up right. He's got all his fun – I mean, everything's just in order, and it's a system. And I wanted them to hear, and he brought his booster club president in, and they spoke about how well they work together and how they do things. And, you know, another one I brought in, Charmin White. You know, I had Charm talk about – you know, all the things that he does with his program and uh, the administrative side with his parents, with his players, with his character development, all that. Jesse McMillan, he came in and gave 100 points 
on on how to be a great administrative head coach. And I'm gonna tell you something. I don't. I think everybody left that meeting or that session just blown away at how detailed he was with that. And uh, you know, the last one we had before we got that got out was Dexter Wood, and it just talked about you know as a head coach, you know how do you how do you get character in your program and uh, you know and, and all those things. And I, and I just think that part's it's so important. You know, I wish I could go back and coach now that I've been in these positions to hear these things and because uh, I, I would do things so much different differently than I did um, but you know you can't redo the past but all you can do now going forward is hope that the people under you you know are, are doing things right and I love what you're doing because most of us have learned through hard knocks right. through experience and yes we we do those things now coach but you know um, nobody along the way told us or helped us along the way pretty much you pretty much that that was that's just the way it was you learn but you had to get out and you had to find people and so forth i love what you're doing you're bringing those people to your coaches kind of start with kind of start with some basic goals that you want in your athletic program there in oconee county um i love the i love what you're doing with the administrative head coach that's a great term talk about that and talk about some of the goals you have for your program so you know i i think uh First and foremost, you know, you got to have trust. You got to have loyalty with your with your staff. And, uh, you know, and I, I think with that is, is communication. You know, I, we, I, I just want all of us to be great communicators. And, and that's me being a great communicator with the coaches and the parents and the players. And that's the coaches being great communicators with me, uh, Mr. Yancey, and then their, you know, their, their uh, parents and their players. And then with the staff. Hey, coach. Players, and uh, we're getting in the middle school. We're getting as low as we can to where I, I mentioned this earlier. But we have a system and we have a pipeline in place, and it's not we're waiting on a couple classes to come through because they're pretty talented. You know, we're developing those kids, and is it is it basketball or sports specific development? It is, but it's also character and you know just growing up development. You know, and just encouraging and being there, and, and you know telling the kid every now and then you love them because you know how, what they're going through and you're in your there for them. And, and I just, I just think that's what a coach's purpose is. I, th- I just think that's what they're here to do. Yeah, I agree. And, and do you feel like, um, and, and this is, you know, these are, these are things you kind of learn through the years. I feel like connecting and building those relationships, not only with the kids, but with the parents, I think sometimes coaches are hesitant about meeting parents. I get my parents involved a lot. Of course, I'm at a good school here. And um, I just think the more. Hey, this is NBA skills coach, Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball. And I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hey coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. 
mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning. Hey, Coach. Welcome back. Hey, Coach. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Ah, don't worry about that at all. No problem at all. Hey, continue on what you were saying. I really love what you were saying on what I think where you left off was kind of building trust, right? Correct. Right. So, you know, I was just talking about, you know, loyalty and, and uh, you know, with, with the coaches, uh, with you know, not only with myself and Mr. Yancey, but with the parents and with the players and, and uh, you know, and, and we've got, they've got to have that from us at the same time. And then, you know, being great communicators, uh, I think that, you know, the, the better our coaches can communicate and myself and Mr. Yancey, I think the better that we can, the more we can communicate, with our, uh, you know, with our faculty, our staff, our coaches, players, and parents, and and uh, I, I think that just everything will just flow so much more smoothly. And um, you know, and then thirdly, I think development. I, I think that uh, it's very important for our our coaches to put in time to develop our student athletes and and uh, you know make all of our players the best they can be, and and not just wait on a certain class or two that may come through that have that has a little bit of talent. And I, I think development would, you know, make you a consistent, uh, you know, somebody that's consistently uh, good in, in your region and, and, and at the state level. Yeah, I would imagine in there is you, you – I think you already said this, Coach. I think you already said really building those connections in the feeder programs. I think you got to get your – you got to get your hands on those kids that really early on, don't you think? I, I think that's crucial. And, uh, you know, even if – maybe your school district doesn't allow them to come practice with the high school teams or, or whatever it is, at least just starting those relationships with those parents and those players, because they're coming through your program and, you know, you need to treat them right. And they need to know that they need to feel important. And, uh, you know, they need to have that desire to, to they can't wait to get there and, and be a part of your program. Yeah. And, and I, I think we're, don't you think, uh, I think we become, you know, more result oriented, I think. And I, unfortunately, I think many schools that they are result oriented. I, I hate to say that in a negative state. I think, I mean, cause you can't evaluate a coach based on solely wins. And I know wins are important, but there, it's a process involved, right? There's other qualities that they're trying to master. Right. I, I just, we are, we have become success oriented in, in the, you know, that's sad. Uh, I wish that, you know, that as the, for the most part, we could look at, you know, how well they're, they're doing other aspects versus just the wins and losses. Um, you know, I, it's just, we've gotten away from, from what I think is, is a very important aspect of it. And it's the culture and it's the climate and it's, it's how your coaches, they ha- how they're treating the kids and, and, you know, the way they're running their program. And, you know, they may not win all the time, you know, they may just be in a region and in a sport that's just difficult for that school. Um, but you know, as long as the other things are going well, you know, I, you know, I, I always tend to support those coaches because, you know, it's, it's hard to keep coaching the sport and you're not winning a lot. It, it's hard to For do sure. that it as is. a special person to keep doing what they're doing, knowing it's the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's just definitely a different, different time. It is. And I, I know you've done a lot through, uh, brand recognition. I really, and I really agree with that. Um, and because I think by doing camps, 
by doing, uh, I, you know, actually I run a clinic and I have my podcast. It's all helped me as a coach kind of get Lake Oconee out there. Um, but branding is important. You're not doing it selfishly. You're just doing it to kind of show what a great school you have, what a great community you have. Right. Exactly. And, you know, that's something I've, you know, I've tried to do a lot of when I, I since I've been in this position in Henry County is, you know, is just to try to brand our, all of our schools, you know, everything that they do well and, and, uh, you know, just get the word out on, on all of our schools, all of our coaches, our ADs, our principals, you know, everything that's, that's, we've been, you know, we've been fortunate to have success at, you know, I, I want everybody in the state to understand that. And, uh, you know, we've, we were able just now, you know, we had a, a we had five finalists for the GABA scholarship and, and the female winner was from Union Grove. And, you know, we had two region ADs of the year. We've got two of our schools that have been that have received the uh, sportsmanship uh, trophy from the Georgia EMC. It was McDonough and uh, Eagles Landing won that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just getting the word out on those things. And, you know, most times in sports, if it's not about wins, it's about something that's gone wrong. And, you know, they are, we need to get the word about all the other great things that are taking place. Yeah, so true. I don't think there's enough of that, right, Coach? I think there's a lot of great positive things that are happening in athletic programs. Um, also, you're going from – you built – I mean, you were right at the beginning, right, of Henry County growing. And now now it's grown into, I think, how many – I'm not sure how many schools you all have in there. I know it's quite a, quite a bit. And now you're going to a smaller situation. Um, is there a difference in how you're building? So – you know, for me, I, I'm I'm looking at this as I've I've been able to learn from so many people in my last four years in this role. Uh, you know, our, our school ADs, middle school and high school in Henry County have all, you know, I've learned so many things from them. And, uh, you know, and even from them, they've learned some things from me on what maybe not to do or what to do or something like that. And, uh, you know, just to be able and, and at the state level, meeting all the dis- different district ADs and all the different ADs across the state. You know, I've been in a, in a unique situation where I can learn things and, and try to implement things that I think may fit Oconee County. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I'd like to do, but I know that we can't do them here. Um, and there's only probably certain, certain districts in the state we probably could do them. But Mr. Yancey's done a tremendous job in leading that athletic department the last several years. And, um, you know, I hope to just get in there and work alongside the coaches and, and him and, and uh, you know, just seeing what we can do to, to just – you know, just improve it from where it is now, which, you know, it's, it's in a very good spot currently. Oh, it's in a very good spot. It's in a great area too. I mean, close to Athens. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fabulous area on that. So uh, now you're going to have to take it easy on me next year. We come to your play. No, we actually go to North Oconee, uh, play Eric. We, we play in Eric Wells's tournament over there. So you guys are going to have to take it easy on this small school over here now. <laughs> well, dude. Do a great job, and and I know I know your girls will be prepared, and and uh, you know I'm anxious to meet our coaches, and you know we still haven't met everybody. Uh, you know I've only met probably three people, just because you can't, you know you just can't be around everybody right now. And I'm anxious to meet our players, our parents, and just get in, immersed in the community with our family. And um, you know I just it's you know it's just something we're really excited about. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, talk about. <clears throat> Talk about this upcoming school year. Give me kind of a forecast. I know you have a meeting with the Georgia High School. Do you think, Coach, that there's going to be restrictions? For example, um, you know, no fans. Uh, what do you What do you foresee that's happening? I'm presuming that fans are going to be limited. What do you see happening with our our sports venues? 
I just, you know, honestly, I, I think it's it's just too it's just too early to talk. I think any any speculations a little premature. It's, you know, who would have thought on March thirteenth or whatever day it was we got out that you know here we would be talking about return to play in June. You know what I mean? It's just it's just ever evolving, and uh, you know we still don't really know as much about this as we would like, and so. I think that we're just in a situation where we're just going to have to wait and see how this, you know, we're, we're it's going to determine how summer goes. You know, how does June go if, if and when we start back workouts? You know, what has there been a rise, you know, a tick in, uh, you know, cases? Sure. If not, then how does that impact? So I think that time's on our side, and I, I think that that's something that will definitely, you know, will that'll evolve as we as we move through the summer. Yeah, and that's a good point. And you mentioned it before. You got to be patient, right? Because <laughs> you got to be really patient now at this time, which is that's very right. tough in our society now because everybody wants to get out and sports wants to come back. Do you foresee which professional sport do you see coming back? I know you, nobody knows, but is it NBA? Is it, I know golf's coming back, NASCAR. What do you foresee the first sport coming back? You know, I really don't know. Um, you know, just, just being selfish, I really hope they find a way to make college football happy. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, you hear MLB coming up with their plans. You hear some things about the training or the facility. Yeah, go ahead, coach. Continue on. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just I'm not really sure how that's going to look. Uh, you know, when, when yeah, they're slowly starting to get their facilities open. But once again, man, as long as as long as we have some college football, I think uh, I know that the Miller household will be very happy. <laughs> exactly. There might only be maybe twenty thousand in the stands, but you know what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Uh, that's what they said this morning. Yeah, you're you hear all sorts of stuff going on. Um, hey, what do you what do you recommend? Is that listen to this and as athletic director, um, let's say a coach is, you know, interviewing for a position. What does an AD, I know it's individual, but what do you recommend for, let's say you're teaching your class of cohorts. What do you recommend ADs? What do, what do they need to look for in a coach? You know, I always like to know, you know, when, when I encourage coaches, when they're going to interview for, you know, it's either a coach's or an athletic director position. You know, I like to hear examples of, you know, if they're asked a question, I, I really like to hear examples of, of maybe a success and maybe a failure. And then how did you adjust to that? Um, you know, I don't think an interview always needs to be everything you've done that's been positive in your life. Because I think we all know we have we have setbacks and failures in our jobs. And, and it's how you react to those is really going to determine how you're going to make an impact in the new position that you're applying for. So I, I think that now I'm not saying go in there and tell everything you've done bad, because <laughs> <you, laughs> right. Uh, but but I, I think at the same time I think it shows confidence uh, in yourself if you can admit that and then this is how I adjusted to that and I know now going forward this is what I would do and you know I think those those type things are uh, you know just hearing that stuff from from a candidate is 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 pretty important. Yeah, and then I, I guess that's you know you find out from that individual coach like. Um, his humility and his being transparent. So you want coaches that are transparent, correct? Correct. Yeah, I definitely, you know, and that just goes back to that relationship piece and that communication piece. Right. Absolutely. Coach, hey, man, I really appreciate you joining me. I, I, pre I wish you the best of luck. 
Uh, and Oconee, I know you're going to build a great program. I know you got to finish out at Henry County first and so forth, but I appreciate you joining me. Uh, but before you go, you got to give me some feedback on the Michael Jordan, the last dance. What did you get? What did you get out of that that you can actually utilize in your situation right now? Right. So, you know, what I what I really enjoyed the most about that was our oldest daughter. Uh, she had heard me talk. She's heard me talk a lot about Michael Jordan. You know, I had the shoes, you know, I did all that stuff. And, uh, you know, she sat down and watched every episode with me. And, uh, nice. Nice. you know, she, she knew the players' names. And, and uh, she would pick up on Steve Kerr early yes. off when he joined the Bulls. And then we hit the shot and all those things. And, you know, my biggest piece was Jordan never, you know, and he even said it, he never asked his teammates to do something he wasn't going to do. And then you see the picture of him running sprints. You, you see all the st- the time he put in to be who he was. And, and uh, you know, I, I just think that, that that example can go so far, not just in basketball, but as, as a teacher, as a leader, as an athletic director, as a whatever. Um, you know, you, you, just, you just put in so much work and, and people will follow you. Um, I, I just think that's, that was just so big to, to hear the greatest player to ever play the game and everything he did and, and how he challenged, you know, the people around him. Yeah, that's a great point. And he was not afraid of being confrontational. Um, and I think today, Coach, tell me this. Are we afraid of, of confronting issues today? Because he was not afraid of confronting issues. I think sometimes today we might be a little hesitant. I think that today you can't confront people like that. I think they can be confronted, but it has to be handled uh, sure. cotton gloves. It, it has to be done a different way, and everybody's not the same. Um, you know, it's just like they were talking about Phil and how he handled Dennis Rodman. Yeah. They, didn't like, they didn't like it, but they knew if they let him go, he was still going to come back and get 20 rebounds a game. <laughs> and and that just made him tick, you know, and I, I think that it's it, – you know, more than ever, it's it's a perfect time for people to learn how to – to treat and lead people differently. Cause not everybody's the same, you know, I can do one thing to my oldest daughter and then ask my youngest daughter to do something. And that's just not what makes her tick. You know, I, we find out what makes her go and what it makes Olivia go. And, you know, and then I'm, my wife's still trying to figure out how to motivate me sometimes. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's just all figuring people how to lead them. So. Yeah, that's a great point. And, that, and that's something I'm sure you're working on with your coaches probably saying, Hey, not every person needs to be treated the same, right? But fairly, but not the same, correct? That's right. That's right. Hey, Coach, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, uh, I wish you all the best. I know you're going to do great. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you this year when uh, we come out to Oconee and so forth. But um, I wish you the best. You're going to do a great job. You're first class. So I appreciate you joining me. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for having me. And I know that we've been kicking around some dates. So I was finally uh, glad we were able to, to – put a stick in the ground and nail this thing down. I've enjoyed it. And good luck to you next year, except when you play the Warriors. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. I- take care. All right. Take care, Coach. Bye. Thank you. Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram.
Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado.